Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. All right, everybody, we have such a fun episode ahead of us today. Last night as I was in meditation before going to sleep, which is something I've really been loving doing, by the way, is just sitting in stillness as I'm in bed, you know, phones away, everything's shutting down. I'm fully ready to go to sleep, but I just sit in bed for an extra five minutes to just clear the mind and let any inspiration that wants to come through, come through. And this episode, I I felt a spark of inspiration to record last night to talk about the phases of a spiritual awakening. Because from my experience, we have many, many awakenings along our path throughout our dharma and our karma unfolding in this lifetime. It's not just a one hit wonder, you know what I mean? Life in nature is cyclical. So we have a lot of different awakenings as we continue to evolve and up level. So I thought, let's talk about what the phases of an awakening looks like for all of us, because what I see with a lot of my clients and myself currently is that a lot of us are right in the midst of a spiritual awakening and we're figuring out how to navigate this with grace, with compassion, and really knowing how to kind of understand what is really going on. So let's break it down. I have found that there are kind of eight primary pillars that seem to take place during an awakening. So the first phase here is the questioning. We find ourselves often questioning, like, is this all there is to my life? Is this all I'm ever going to be? And we start to feel like there's something else that we could tap into. There is some other level of our potential that we could start to move into and evolve into, but maybe we just don't know where to start there, but we at least start questioning. And this can often feel chaotic. It can feel confusing. It can feel like an ego death in many ways. It can feel like we don't know who we are anymore and life is hard to make sense of. But this is a really magical, really potent time because without questioning life itself, we don't get the answers and we don't step into our highest selves and even know what that would mean without this initial questioning phase. So this is really, this is the initial wake up light bulb moment, which I do think happens kind of once in a lifetime at a big moment, you know, at a big crescendo when we're like, oh my God, I'm a spirit having a physical experience. I do think this is this first phase kind of happens one time where we really awaken to this knowing and this deep resonance that, okay, we are a drop of water in this big ocean of a collective and a quantum realm and the cosmos, and that we are an expression of source itself experiencing itself through a human body. And that's a really exciting understanding to start to tap into because it brings great relief. And in the beginning phases, though, it can feel challenging. So the first phase is the questioning. 
We ask ourselves, is this all there is to life? And oftentimes this first phase comes on the brink of great hardship. You know, it usually takes us until we're pushed to the brink, we're pushed to the edge where we feel like we can't go on anymore, that this question arises, like, what else is there? Like, this isn't, this, this can't be it, right? Like there has to be some kind of pursuit of happiness. And how do I start to pursue that happiness? That's the questioning. And I remember my, my first real big awakening was in college. And I had been struggling with clinical depression all through my adolescence into my teenage years. And then in college, I had this come to moment. So this leads us into the second phase, which is where we start to get curious and we start to research the world from this new lens and this new perspective. And we get hungry for knowledge. We get hungry for information and connection to people who could start to teach us more and guide us. And so this is where we can really start to study the masters and get to know ourselves through the lens of another person and see ourselves mirrored and the other people that have already had these experiences and start to really see to believe. So my research really began around this time when I was um, in my early 20s, I suppose. I started to study a few things. First of all, I started to study um, near-death experiences, actually. I remember reading this book called On a Slide of Light, which really led me into this. And On a Slide of Light was this story of this woman who started to go into trance without knowing. Like she would go into these phases where she would like basically drop out, wake up again, and it would be like three hours later, not knowing where she had gone. And her husband started to take note of what was happening. And he was able to communicate with her. And he'd ask her, you know, what are you experiencing? And in this trance phase, she would tell him and he became kind of like a scribe for her. He'd be writing this down. And she was connecting with the astral realms and connecting with these extra dimensional beings. Um, She was communicating with the Arcturians that were coming through. And she wrote this whole book about her experience with the Arcturians through her, her husband kind of writing down what was happening in her trance state. So so that wasn't so much about death, but it was it was a graduation into the astral realm. So that led me into saying, okay, well, what happens when we die? The big question, right? Like what happens when we die? What's happening in a realm that's beyond this fourth dimensional realm? What is going on? And there was so much out there. So as I started to look up like what was happening with people when they passed, like people that were maybe um, on the operating table and they left their body for five minutes and they flatlined. And I found that there were all of these commonalities between people having near-death experiences where they would leave the body, they would be able to look down on their life from this perspective in the astral realm, not of their body, but still their essence, still cognizant. Um, And they would describe often having a review of their life um, in this sense of time and space collapsing. They would, they would describe knowing everything that there ever was to know. And they would describe always a light, like a light that was pulling them toward that light that was source energy itself, pulling them toward that. They would often feel visitations and greetings from their ancestors who had passed. And so these, these testimonials were across the board. People were all saying really similar things and having very similar experiences. And if you guys are curious about looking into near-death experiences, there's a great Netflix series called Life After Death, which really explores this in so many beautiful ways. But that just led me down this beautiful rabbit hole of not being afraid 
of death anymore and truly starting to feel and recognize that we are having these temporary experiences and that perhaps our soul does come in with some kind of blueprint or soul contract, if you will, that's going to help us navigate life so that we can evolve in this, in this time frame. Um, so that also will lead you into astrology and human design or gene keys, all of these other resources that we have that help us to understand our roadmap for this lifetime, understanding how we can reach our soul's expression at its highest capacity by understanding our blueprint and why we came in when we came in, what lessons are we really here to learn? You know, all of these questions start to come up. And then it leads into this more esoteric study of life itself and where suffering comes into play, where pain comes into play, because the human experience is very much a struggle so much of the time. So on this pursuit of happiness, on this pursuit of enlightenment, I think the question really becomes, how can we experience more peace and more joy on a daily basis so that life starts to feel a lot easier? And a lot of those answers I was finding in studying stories that were coming through beautiful religious texts, mostly Buddhism, but you can absolutely find all of these similar themes in studying all of all of the Bible and Judaism and Hinduism and all of these beautiful stories that all have this anchoring in the same essence of being connected to a frequency that is not just of the body, but also all of these different dimensions, you know, it's not just this fourth dimensional or third dimensional experience. There are so many realms to this and people have ex explained the different tiers of consciousness and different energy realms up to the 12th dimension where many ascended masters, you know, can reside. And so the questioning and the research starts to get, okay, well, what exists in between all of these different realms? And then I learned that we can access these higher realms, maybe fifth dimensional realms, six dimensional realms through heightening intuition and absolutely through meditation. Meditation has been probably the greatest transformative portal to these other realms and to tapping into an eternal knowledge and a wisdom and intelligence that can come in to our vessel as a body. And also surrendering the idea that we we know everything or we can know everything and opening up to something beyond our own thinking mind, our own conscious awareness to allow ourselves to receive from a higher source so that we can start to download this intelligence and get inspiration. And I think all of us tap into this at one point or another, even before we have any kind of awakening, you know, you might get an amazing idea in the shower, or you might be in a flow state where you get this brilliant idea and you're like, where did that come from? You know, so this is what I'm talking about when we tap into these, these other realms, especially using meditation. So it was that, then it was studying, then, <laughs> then it kind of moves into, okay, so this is very esoteric. I can't really feel this. This isn't really tangible yet. That's where we can start to study quantum physics. And Joe Dispenza has been such a leader in marrying science and spirituality because he can really put a quantifiable knowledge and pack a punch behind all of this, you know, metaphysical, metaphysical stuff and all of this metaphysical language. He can give, he can give words to it. He can give a quantifiable outcome to it. He really studies heart coherence. And as we drop into the heart space and regulate the nervous system, how that has a ripple effect into every area of our life and how we can actually have spontaneous healing in the body when we're in a heart coherent space and in that connection to source energy. So 
studying quantum physics really helped with this and helped me have this more grounding approach to the metaphysical world. Um, and then plant medicine absolutely came in. You know, when I started to take mushrooms and LSD and play around with all of the plant medicines, it really opened up this more um, somatic response to the metaphysical world. So it was like knowing a little bit about quantum physics, having had this glimpse into the spiritual world in meditation experiences, and then bringing that into the body with plants. And the fact that we can have such a response with plant medicine just shows us how powerful nature is and how powerful the essence of life is and that life is breathing through everything around us, that everything is source incarnated, materialized. So this is phase two, the curiosity and the researching and all of this kind of packs into, into this research is making yourself the guinea pig and seeing what you can find out about yourself as source. Beautiful. Okay. The third part to this is kind of, it's, this all kind of falls onto the research and development part, but phase three is realizing that your conscious self is not synonymous with the thinking mind. And this understanding that, you know, we go through most of our lives thinking like, I am, I am my thoughts. I am my thinking mind. And I think Eckhart Tolle writes this in, in The Power of Now. He references Descartes saying, I think, therefore I am. And that actually being not quite accurate because I think, therefore I am means that that's all there is that, you know, I am the thinking mind. And as we've evolved as a species, as humanity, I think we've realized that we are not just the thinking mind. The thinking mind is a tool. It's a tool to help us navigate this dimension, but we really have an opportunity and the ability to zoom out and become conscious of the thinking mind. So from that place, especially in meditation, we can have this zoom out moment where we realize there are two selves. There's the one that observes the thinking mind, the eternal I am that is all pervasive, that is that is living and breathing through us and witnessing the thinking mind and has divine inspiration that can come through the thinking mind. And I would say it's not just two selves. We have so many different parts of self. The body is tier three of this, the body has its own intelligence, its own consciousness, its own math, its own beautiful. I mean, isn't it amazing that our body is such a perfect machine? It's just amazing. So I would say that the body and the body's intelligence is its own essence and its own entity. Then we also have tier four, which is our ancestral knowledge and our memory that gets passed through our lineage and our indigenous wisdom that is passed down through our ancestry. So we've got thought form, we've got consciousness, we have life force energy itself, which is tier five, which is chi, which is the life force energy moving through all living things that doesn't have you know, something that I think we even have language to describe yet, but it, it, it is the, the potent creative life force energy that lives and breathes through everything. So I would say that there are like five different parts, at least of what it means to be embodied in this present moment. There are so many parts and so many aspects to this. So that in itself gives us a liberation to recognize that, okay, all of this 
all of these thoughts are really just patterns of suffering that I can actually detach from and activate the law of detachment around to realize that we are not the thinking mind puts us back in the driver's seat and is very empowering because from that place, we realize that we can actually begin to control the mind and start to change the mind, change those neural pathways. And that's where the quantum physics, the somatics, the embodiment work and the metaphysical work all come in together with this sense of sovereignty. Like, okay, I can actually elicit change in my life. Okay. This leads us into the fourth phase of a spiritual awakening. We stop playing the victim at some point when we realize that we're in the driver's seat. So instead of saying life is happening to me, everything is just, life is so hard. Everything is crumbling around me. We start to shift from pessimism into optimism of, okay, I actually have a choice here. I can actually mold the outcome of this based on how I start to program my thinking and where I can be more honest and authentic in who I really am. And that gives us all the power back. So we, we kind of become almost invincible and kind of superhuman from that phase when nothing can really hurt us without our permission, right? So this is when we start to ask ourselves, what am I making this mean? Or what am I making this scenario say about me? For example, if we're going through a breakup, what if somebody, someone breaks up with us? We could either play the victim and be like, oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm not good enough. We could go into victim mentality, or we could take the lens of, okay, this person was in my life for this amount of time. I'm so grateful for this experience. This is what they taught me. And I'm ready to graduate to the next level. And I'm so grateful and thankful for this experience. And I'm going to evolve into an even more empowered version of myself. So those are two very different realities. And there's a choice that stands right in the middle of those two realities. And we always have a choice. So mostly phase four is about not only not playing the victim, it's the recognizing the power of a choice that you have. You have free will. You have free will. Life is life. Life can take you on a wild ride, but until you put yourself in the driver's seat, yeah, that's where a lot of stickiness is. So getting yourself into that place of empowerment is, is key for phase four. Once you start doing that, we get into phase five, you start to see magic everywhere. You get glimpses of spirit. You start to have transformative meditations. You start to see synchronicities and coincidences come into play. You start to meet people that seem to just happen out of nowhere. Like, oh my gosh, how are you here? How do you know the person that I know? It's like your dharma is unfolding before your eyes because you've laid the groundwork and you've laid the intention for allowing these people, these circumstances, these events to come into your life to help you along your path um, that you've already gotten into alignment with once you start to get to know your path more. So the magic starts to happen. All of these unexplainable happenstances, which I would call winks from the universe. It starts to feel really fun. It starts to feel like a game. We start to seek this out and we start to feel feel it and see it. And this is where we really get this sense of hope. We get this sense of hope and peace and well-being and meaning in life. And we feel like life is purposed. So this is where we really start to feel some purpose as we, as we connect to the magic of life all around us. It starts to feel really good. Okay. Once we start to feel like this, we get into phase six. Phase six is where actually <laughs> most of my clients come to me from is when they decide they want to make a drastic change in their life to pursue greater happiness and 
fulfillment. This is a period of drastic change and a period of falling away. It's a big release phase. It's, it's, it's when we're releasing all of these familiar people, habits, and places. And this phase can be really disorienting and uh, painful. And it's kind of similar to the first phase, really, which is the questioning phase. But you know, it comes way later down the line where we've already had an, all of these experiences of the universe, of ourselves being source. We've got all this research under our belt and all this new understanding, and we decide we want to change. But this is when we really have this questioning of like, who am I? What do I want out of life? And oh my gosh, I'm like out here floating in the water and I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go, you know? And this is where change is being invited in. And it's once again, one of those breaking points where we're like, okay, this isn't working. I know I want something different, but this, this phase can be the confusing phase where we know we want to change, but we just don't know what that's going to look like. So this is, this is another phase of kind of confusion and drastic change happening. So this often happens for a lot of us during our solar, solar return. I'm sorry, not our solar return. Solar return is our birthday, Saturn return, which happens about every seven years. So this happens a lot of the time during that phase where life just kind of has this big upheaval. We might move to a different state or city, uh, breakups happen, job changes happen, and you know, chaos ensues in many ways. Yeah. So this leads us to phase seven, the breakdown. Everything's falling apart. And the breakdown is really to say you're being tested. You're being tested to apply all of the knowledge that you've been gaining over your research and over this awakening period to integrate it into wisdom, to distill all of this knowledge into wisdom. And wisdom is essentially knowledge applied. So knowing what you know now, how can you put that into action to start to change your life and pursue happiness on another level and know and recognize that you're being tested, not in a villainous way at all by the universe, but saying, Hey, you can recognize the universe saying, Hey, I know that you're capable of this. And I know the only way to get you there is to make you a little uncomfortable so that you actually make the change. So this is kind of the pressure cooker or, or, you know, the chrysalis phase where everything is starting to melt mold and we're going from caterpillar and we're still in the cocoon phase. This is like cocoon phase, <laughs> you know, where all of that wisdom is being distilled and starting to get embodied so that we're becoming a new person. Phase eight is the breakthrough. This is where you've made it through the hellscape. This is the Phoenix rising moment. This is when everything that has broken down, all of a sudden you see why it had to happen that way. You see how the test played out and you see where, you know, you learned something magnificent and profound about yourself and about life and you get rewarded for it. You get the breakthrough. You actually take action and you've created the life that you've wanted all along. So this is where you've shaped up and you've molded into a stronger, more self-actualized version of you. This is the embodiment of the highest self. This is where you took that trust fall. You took that leap of faith and you made it through the fire and you got rewarded for it because you held strong, you anchored in and you, you sunk into the wisdom and, and you made it. So this is the breakthrough. This is the remembrance that it's always working out for you. And this is really leaning into the acceptance that this is the nature of growth. 
this is the nature of life. This is this, it has to happen this way. We have to have challenges. If we didn't have challenges, we'd be flatlining, you know, we'd be dead. Basically, we have to have these ups and downs and these ebbs and flows to have any kind of evolution in life. It's deeply necessary. And it's not that suffering always has to accompany change, but pain does. Pain is temporary. Pain is a temporary challenge and pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. So it's this recognition that, okay, this really hurts right now, but I remember I'm in the driver's seat. I can take action. I'm going to have this breakthrough and here's how I'm going to change my life. And that's really why I even started my mentorship business to guide people through the breakdown into the breakthrough, because a breakthrough really requires an intentional plan and uh, a movement forward in a really conscious and clear way, which is what makes my job so fun. So this is, this is when the crumbling has fallen away and we recognize the cyclical nature of life. And this is where it all sinks in and you're like, oh yeah, okay. All right. Well, this is going to probably happen again and it will happen again. It happens a lot. You know, this is the, this speaking of cycles and we can see these cycles in nature, you know, from winter to spring to fall to summer, you know, that's not the correct order, but you know what I mean? Like nature reflects these cyclical changes, the deep freezes and bringing back to life and planting the seeds, you know, we are nature. We've got to remember that we are nature expressing itself. We are organic beings. We are not separate from nature. We're not separate from the cosmos. We literally carry stardust in our bones. You know, we have magnificent encodings and magnificent potential. So, you know, these are the eight phases of a typical awakening cycle. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I think that I will leave you guys there and just have you have you ponder for a moment as you close out this episode, just noticing what phase you're in right now and leaning in, leaning into that surrender, leaning into that acceptance and starting to take action just little bit by little bit every day. Like what is the next natural step that you can take to get more into alignment with your joy and your peace and recognizing that your pain is purposed. There's a purpose to the pain that you're experiencing right now, and it's going to be alchemized into wisdom and a beautiful transformation. But at some point, that place of, um, you know, peace, happiness, it's going to last for a little bit. And then you're going to want to change again because we're humans, right? So assuming and wanting to be happy 100% of the time, all the time is actually, it does a disservice to us because we don't continue to evolve. So It might last for a few months at a time, and then we have another breakdown that leads to another breakthrough. So I think the sooner that we can learn to lean into these flows of like, okay, I'm going through a breakdown right now, like a rock bottom. If you're in that phase, by the way, go listen to the episode on how to navigate a rock bottom. I think that would be really helpful. Um, Yeah, but you start to recognize that there's a purpose to the rock bottom and Lacey Phillips, you know, calls this a magic dark. I love that that terminology for it, but um, just want to close this out by saying you're right on time. Everything that you're moving through right now is purposed. Everything is going to make sense when you 2020 hindsight, right? You're going to look back on this in like a month, two months and realize you were exactly where you needed to be for your evolution and really just try to bring some awareness to what lessons you're learning right now. What are you learning right now? What are your biggest takeaways from this phase in your life? And what are you hopeful for? And you know, when we're in these phases of a breakdown and going into a breakthrough, continue to lean into your practices as well. 
have that meditation before you go to bed. Make sure that you're nourishing yourself. You're hydrating yourself. You're moving your body. Keep yourself, keep your chi high. Keep that life force energy high and activated so that you can continue to alchemize these emotions because emotions are just energy in motion, right? So keep that energy moving through your body. Keep moving it out. And part of moving it out is through like somatic release, whether that's through breath work, through movement, through yoga. Journaling is also a great way to do this, like just writing out your feelings so that your emotions and your thinking has somewhere to live that's outside of the pain body. That'll bring you back to a point of homeostasis. So even if you're in a phase of pain right now, if you can just come back daily to that point of peace and that homeostasis so that at least you touch it every day, that can really help. And then when you're in the breakthrough, when you're in the, you know, clouds clearing rainbow phase, enjoy it, relish it. Don't be afraid that the other shoe is going to drop. Just love it. Lean in, enjoy it. Lean into that gratitude. Always try to find if you can be grateful for something every day as well. You know, gratitude is the most simple and most potent way for activating our, our highest expression. So when you're having a really good phase in life, enjoy it relish it, lean back and just allow yourself to receive it. Get into that feminine flow of receiving. Um, and then, you know, it might, the cycle starts again and it's going to be okay because there's always a breakthrough at the end of that tunnel all the time. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. By the way, if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a review. Let me know what your takeaways are. And um, I'm so grateful for you. As always, if you'd like to work together, just check out the description. You can work with me in single sessions or in long-term mentorship. Thank you for being here and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.